grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is risen. Alleluia. The events leading up to today would have seemed all so surreal. Jesus had received word that Lazarus was sick in Bethany, and yet Jesus continued to preach beyond the Jordan River for two days. And then he travels to Bethany as, and is told that Lazarus had died four days before that. Jesus tells his sister, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who, li and, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. It's also that short shortest verse in the Bible where it is written that Jesus weeps and then Jesus said take away the stone and they took that stone away that closed the entrance to where the body of Lazarus had been laid and then Jesus speaking into the grave said Lazarus come out and Lazarus arose from the dead his cold and decaying body was suddenly warm and whole and complete again. Those who were shedding tears of sorrow now were shedding tears of joy. News of this amazing miracle spread like wildfire. Jesus then entered into Jerusalem riding on a donkey with much joy and celebration. And the people were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And as they were singing these words, and as the prophet Zechariah's words were being fulfilled, they were acknowledging Jesus to be the true Messiah, the one promised to King David that through his lineage would come their Savior, who would redeem them from all of their sin. You would think everyone would be filled with joy, but not all of them were. There were some who arranged with Judas, one of the twelve, to betray Judas for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus was then arrested on Monday, Thursday, quickly put on a trial, declared to be guilty of blasphemy, and then sentenced to death by crucifixion. Killing him was not enough for these angry, bloodthirsty men. But they riled up more people to get the crowds to speak against Jesus, to mock him. And even the soldiers beat Jesus. Then Jesus died, and there was a great earthquake tearing the temple curtain in two. The body of our Lord was placed in a new unused grave. It was his body was wrapped in linen cloths and myrrh and aloes, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Some women came with Jesus from Galilee, and they saw the tomb and how his body had been laid in the grave. And so they returned and prepared spices and ointments, and then they rested on the day of Sabbath on Saturday, according to the commandment of God. Then, then when the Sabbath on Saturday had passed, the women were prepared to anoint Jesus for they sought to give Jesus a proper burial. It was the least that they could do for their Lord, who had expressed so much love to them. And so they arose early in the morning on Sunday to serve their Lord 
in love. They had seen his gory death. They had seen how badly he had been beaten. They witnessed the nails piercing through his hands and his feet as he was lifted up on the cross for crucifixion. They witnessed the three hours of darkness over the land on Good Friday. They saw what Jesus endured. These women knew rightly that Jesus had certainly died. Blood and water poured out of his side when it, when it was pierced by the soldier. There's no way that a body bloodied and mangled so badly could live. Yet Jesus had spoken words which they knew. Early in his ministry, Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews replied saying, it took 46 years to build this temple. How can he raise it in just three days? But Jesus was not talking about the temple built in Jerusalem, but he was talking about the temple of his body, that he will die and rise on the third day. In Mark chapter 8, it is written that Jesus began to, began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. Then in the next chapter in Mark 9, Jesus said to his disciples, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed after three days, he will rise. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. And then in Mark chapter 10, the next chapter, Jesus again said to his disciples, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him, and after three days he will rise. These women, as is recorded in the scriptures, had gone with Jesus from Galilee. They would have traveled with him as he said these words. They heard that Jesus, who was to die, would then rise. But they naturally had a hard time figuring out how that could be possible. And if we sat in their shoes, we would do the same. They wondered who then would roll the tomb away so that they could do what they wanted to do in love for their Savior Jesus. But when they arrived early that Sunday morning, they saw that it had already been rolled away. Mary Magdalene, upon seeing this, she left the other women. She ran back to tell Peter and John what had happened. The other women entered the tomb and they saw a young man dressed in a white robe. They were very alarmed and the angel spoke to them saying, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He is not here. He has been raised. Look around for yourselves. See that his body is not here. Go tell the disciples and go tell Peter. Remember, Peter is the one who denied Jesus three times. Go make sure that Peter also knows that Jesus is alive and you will see him on the way to Galilee just as he had told you. The women, seeing this angel, seeing these events that had taken place, fled the tomb. 
with trembling and astonishment for, and they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. These certainly appear to be surreal events indeed. And even more so, these are true events. Jesus really did raise Lazarus from the dead. He really was beaten and crucified and buried as he said he would be. And now he himself had risen from the dead. It is no surprise, though, that the women fled in fear. They probably met Peter and John who heard the report from Mary Magdalene that Jesus is, that Jesus is not there anymore because Peter and John went running to the place where Jesus was buried upon the report of Mary Magdalene. But these women, afraid, they didn't say anything to them as they were running. And so fear had seized them. They didn't know what to think. They knew what they had seen. How could it possibly be so? Did he really overcome the most gruesome death? Did he really swallow up death and victory? Did he really turn the grave, the grave into a powerless place to rest? The answer is yes. As the angel said, just as he said, for God does not lie. He cannot lie. He only says the truth. He never does anything wrong, and therefore, Jesus did precisely as he set out to do. He rose from the dead. There are many eyewitnesses to his resurrection. First, you have Mary Magdalene, who, after telling Peter and John, went back to the graveside. He saw someone that he thought was a garden, whom, whom she thought was a gardener, and it turned out to be Jesus. Then Jesus made himself known to the two disciples on the way to Emmaus as he broke bread with them and shown them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus visited with Peter alone. Jesus on Easter Sunday that evening appeared before the disciples who were hiding behind locked doors and said to them, peace be with you. A week later, he showed his hands and his feet to Thomas who was not with them. He also had appeared to seven disciples on the Sea of Tiberias, bringing a, them a miraculous catch of fish. He also appeared to over 500 disciples at once, to James and to Paul on the road to Damascus. I read an account this past week of two prominent English writers who many years ago set, set forth to disprove the resurrection of Jesus and the conversion of St. Paul. So one wanted to focus on the resurrection, the other on the conversion of St. Paul, because there the resurrected Christ visited Paul and said, why are you persecuting me? And that began his conversion. These two men, these English writers, wanted to find the, these accounts to be but hoaxes. But after studying the testimony of the resurrection and the unity of Scripture, they could not disprove our Lord's resurrection. The only, anyone, the only way anyone could, deny, could, could do so would be by denying the historic events altogether to simply reject what is written, but still that does not disprove a thing. The only thing it really proves is as it is written, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Unfortunately, 
There are many armchair experts out there who claim to know everything concerning the existence of God through their brief perusal on the internet. Perhaps just as surreal is the fact that they are given credence and that people will listen to them. They have not studied the facts. After all, it is, risen, it, 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 it is written, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in, in vain and your faith is in vain. If Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sin. And those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For by a man came death, and by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. So what this means for you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, is that death no longer has power over you. The stay that your loved ones have in the grave is temporary. Should Christ not return before you breathe your last, your stay in the grave will also be temporary. That you will live eternally through Christ the Lamb who was slain, but he himself now lives. Our sin is taken away for all who call upon the Lord, because Jesus paid for all sin on the cross. Through his work on Good Friday and through his resurrection, Satan is defeated and Jesus is has declared his victory when he descended into hell and after he was made alive in his grave. Satan is trapped in the torments of hell, but Jesus, who had died, is not trapped there. For instead, he rose. He is the author of life, and he himself lives. Our Lord's resurrection is important for several reasons. First, it proves that Jesus truly is the Son of God, the promised Messiah who had been promised first to Adam and Eve, that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that we sinners, that we who are sinners need to be reconciled to God, and Jesus as the Son of God did just that through his work on the cross and through his triumphant resurrection. Second, the word of God is proven to be true. He did precisely as he said. He fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies that were written of him. His nature is that of truth, and he has not gone against his very nature. He is reliable, and therefore you can place your confidence solely in him. And third, our Lord's resurrection demonstrates that God our Father accepted Christ's sacrifice on the cross for the reconciliation of the world. Had Jesus done something amiss? Had Jesus slipped up in just one point? Had Jesus transgressed the law in even the most minute detail? He would not have risen. But he did do everything that was required of him. And so he redeemed the world of its sin. Had he not done so, he would have remained in the grave. But since he is risen, he has paid for the sins of the world and he has secured eternal life to all who call upon his name. And finally, our Lord's resurrection means that all believers in Christ will rise to eternal life. Just as Jesus' own body rested in the tomb for three days until his resurrection, so also our bodies will rest in our burial places to await the return of Jesus on the last day when he will raise our bodies from the grave 
and he will give us the gift of eternal life. Our souls, which go to be with the Lord, will be reunited with our bodies, and we will be whole and complete in every way. God will recreate the heavens and the earth, and we will dwell without sin with God to all eternity, and our joy will never come to an end. Therefore, in Christ, we have hope. In Christ, we have confidence. In Christ, we have a future. In Christ, we are reconciled to our Father in heaven. In Christ, we are acquitted of all of our sin. We are declared justified, and on the last day, he will say that we are not guilty, and he will receive us into his eternal kingdom. This all shows, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, that your lives have meaning. Jesus loves you. He laid down his life for you. He bought you with his blood, and he grants you everlasting life and salvation. Jesus lives. The victory is won. Hallelujah. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. <laughs>